greatest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Worked out, man. No, Separate time slots. I do, Holster. It's, it's the right. contended champion. You got your milk with you? <laughs> Very good. Don't worry about Very milk, good. Okay. Oh, oh, here's Wendy. Wendy, Wendy. Oh, yeah. Wendy. Oh, He's still oh, looking oh, for a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. This is the magnificent Morocco. Oh, yes, hello, hello. All right, now you guys can do pretty much everything you want. Do whatever you want once the show starts, but the ladies out of bounds. All right? Okay. Now, this one. Once the interview is over, you answer questions from the studio audience and the callers. And after that, you want to get up, do anything you want. It's all right with me. Just stay within well, the camera range. Now, wait a second. What's the what? arrangement on the furniture? Who sits next to Wendy here? How does, how does this? How does this going to work out here? That's a good question. I haven't thought that one out yet. Yeah. Um, well, that's a good answer. No, I'll, I'll be right back with you with this. Yeah, yeah. Who wrote these? Um, I did. You wrote these. Yeah. You really want me to ask that one? Sure. There's going to be a riot in here, Quinn. I certainly hope so.
and welcome to the Hogan Era Podcast. I am your host, JP John Paz. Of course, part of the two-man power trip of wrestling's podcasting empire on the TMPT feed. I am the one-man power trip behind the two-man power trip here. And we're going to talk all about 1984 to 1993, the Hogan Era, the greatest era ever in the history of the business. Some people call it the golden era. I call it the era that made Vince McMahon an eventual billionaire, all on the back of the immortal Hulk Hogan. With Hogan and his great run here in this basically nine, ten-year span, we talk about it each and every week here. Great feuds, great moments, great matches. There's just great history here. With the Hulkster, we talked about Rowdy Roddy Piper, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, Andre the Giant, Kamala, Earthquake, Yokozuna, and so on and so on. Last week, we were talking about his first feud, really, after winning the WWF World Title in 1984, and that was against Max Superstar. This week, talking about another feud that happened in 84, but really continued on to 85, 86, and even into the 90s with Mr. Fuji's managing, but of course today talking about Mr. Fuji. And really when that, that title run starts in 1984 and Hulk Hogan defeats Iron Sheik, it's like, okay, where do we go from here? Who is the Hulkster going to feud with? He needs some good feuds. Obviously, we talked about that with Max Superstar, but he needs some good feuds to build a title run and build him up. Yes, he's the most over guy in the company pretty much immediately as soon as he you know, hops in the door, but it's one of those things where it's like, you got to have this strong opponent. I talk about it each and every week. You got to have strong opponents. Even if you're a great baby face, even if you're Batman, you need Joker. You need Penguin. You need Riddler. Well, Hogan needed those great villains as well, all shapes and sizes. And obviously, Mr. Fuji, known as the devious one, such a big heel. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, I guess you could say angst or whatever towards the Japanese or there was, and especially in pro wrestling, they really built up, you know, even going back to World War II. I mean, they really just keep building up the tension between the Japanese and the Americans. And, you know, it's this, I mean, it's racism. It's like a kind of a thin line to kind of throw that word out there. And I wouldn't, but I mean, if you could say, oh, you know, they're racist towards the Japanese or the Japanese are racist towards the Americans, whatever. I mean, that's just pro wrestling. They always put the ethnicity out there. They always kind of throw that out there and really just say, hey, you know, this guy's Japanese. Oh, we got to boo him. He's not the true blue American like the Hulkster. The, you know, the, he's got the blonde hair and the blue eyes. We got a root for the Hulkster. So it's one of those things where it's just natural heel heat. He was absolutely hated. Obviously, he was devious. He cheated. He did everything possible to make you hate him. Uh, Fuji's one of the guys that just look at him as a fan, and he, you just instantly know he's the bad guy. He's the heel. You don't cheer for him. We don't like this guy. He's usually dressed in black. I mean, just everything about him screamed heel. Obviously, he's got the salt. He, he's cheating in his matches. He's doing all those other things. But the devious one is is devious for a reason. So really, when Hogan first starts out, and we're talking about before beating Iron Sheik for the title, he has to have a comeback. And how does he have the comeback? 1-3-1984, Allentown, PA, at the Agricultural Hall. It was a part of the championship wrestling tapings. Hulk Hogan makes his then return to WWF. This was, of course, during a match between Bob Backlund and Samula, a.k.a. Samu, a.k.a. the Samoan number three. And this bout was supposed to be Backlund and his mystery partner against the Samoans, often seek it, but Captain O'Leary, Albano absolutely refused the match. Instead, he said he was going to make it a one-on-one -on -one match, meaning Samu, a.k.a. Samula, and Bob Backlund. And then obviously early in the match, of course, it was all a trick. 
and it led to some double teams of uh, Samu and Afa beating up Bob Backlund. Then Backlund goes backstage after the beatdown, and he brings out the immortal Hulk Hogan, the incredible Hulk Hogan, really, at this point. But uh, after the contest, Hogan and Backlund come back to the ring. They clear the ring of all four men, um, all the... All the um, the Samoans and Captain Lou Albano. And then, of course, moments later, Mean Gene Oakland, who was also making his WWF debut. I know Hogan, obviously, was in the WWF before that, kind of making his re-debut. Mean Gene Oakland is making his debut, and he conducts an interview between Bob Backlund and Hulk Hogan, in which Backlund had said Hogan had changed his ways, and really Hogan um, was thanking Backlund. Backlund's thanking him, to thanking the fans. It's this uh, baby-faced love fest between Bob Backlund and Hogan. And, of course... This was all seen. I believe it's on the the Hulk Still Rules DVD that came out, uh, but this really was a one three eighty four taping, and it ended up airing on one seven eighty four. On that taping as well, which ended up airing the week after one fourteen eighty four, but it was all taped together. Hulk Hogan and Bob Ackland would defeat Mister Fuji and Tiger Chung Lee in about four minutes when Hogan pinned Lee with the leg drop. So that was kind of just the, the precipice. That was the real genesis, the real beginning of Hulkamania was Hulk coming out and saving Bob Backlund, which is kind of funny and ironic in, in a weird way, because it's like, okay, he's literally saving back on the guys whose spot he's about to just fully immerse and fully take and back and will be gone on the company soon thereafter after losing to the iron Sheik and hogan beat cheeks it's one of the things obviously Sheik is the transitional champion between backland and hogan they didn't really do a big time face versus face matchup back then they like to have the heel transitional champion and then transition to the next era so the backland era is over and the hogan era is obviously going to start so here in the beginning of 84 it really is like the the starting point january of 84 that is the starting point of hulkamania and that's where we're going to take off and really take it to the next stratosphere and take it to the moon and take the business with it hogan's going to strap the business to his back and take it to another level but backland you know you're thinking okay i'm, I'm the champion i'm bringing this big baby face he's going to help me out well really you're going to get observed you're going to get beat you're going to get taken out and you're going to be gone and vince jr is going to move on with hogan so really just um i don't know people don't look back and kind of remember it as finally as maybe they should but i mean this is a huge moment of history here huge moment of time this is really the changing of the guard right here in allentown pa and it's not i mean obviously it has to do with the Samoans there but the first match is Hogan and Backlund versus Mr. Fuji and Tiger Chung Lee. So Fuji's kind of um, a big part of the Hogan history as far as if you really delve into it and if you really look at it. Taped, of course, on 1-3, aired, like I said, on one fourteen in Allentown, PA, at the Agricultural Hall. The next match that Hogan and Fuji would have together is on 2-10-84 a $30,000 18-man battle royal, which we talked about not that long ago actually we talked about last week because max superstar and hogan were in it but fuji was in this as well this was of course won by big john stud i think something that a lot of fans will remember is this next match 82684 at a wbf event in minneapolis minnesota mean gene okerland and hulk hogan defeat george the animal steel and mr fuji everybody remembers it on, on the hogan tape and and uh, mean gene having some eggs and some fun i mean that's just some really 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 good stuff and just some funny comedy but some really great stuff from mean gene and kind of showing um his personality as well and in hogan and him being best buddies as they were when you look at fuji 
just on a grand scale for it, kind of continue on. Five-time former WWF and WWWF World Tag Team Champion, three times with Toro Tanaka, the professor, and two times with Mr. Saito, a.k.a. Masa Saito. Of course, he's a WWF Hall of Famer in 2007. Just really focusing on the, the WWF stuff. Obviously, he had some legendary runs everywhere else as well. I mean, he was in Atlantic Territory, uh, up there in Canada for Maple Leaf Wrestling, Georgia Championship Wrestling, Continental, uh, WBC in, in Puerto Rico, IWA in Japan. I mean, he was uh, all over the place, uh, obviously. But with Mr. Fuji in the WBF and during the Hogan era, it was really, okay, what are we going to do here with Fuji? And where do we go from here? He's a big, strong heel. We're really trying to build up Hogan. He needs credible opponents. We, we're kind of you know bridging some gaps here where we want to take you know, this thing to the next level. Who's Hogan's big feud? Who's his next feud? Down the pike, of course, in 84 would be Rowdy Roddy Piper and be one of the biggest feuds of all time and a great moneymaker for them and something that they could really build upon and create WrestleMania with on the back of Hogan and Piper. So it's like, okay, we need some guys before them. Boom, Fuji, boom, Tiger Chung Lee. They are kind of the perfect guys. So then we have a 928-1984 World Heavyweight Championship match, St. Louis, Missouri. Hulk Hogan defeats Mr. Fuji then. Then we have a tag match on 11-12-1984. Hogan and Mad Dog Vashon defeated George Steele and Mr. Fuji in Chicago, Illinois. Then in 1985, 2-9-85, there is a $50,000 tag team battle royal from Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland. Hillbilly Jim and Hulk Hogan win it all, defeating Wyndham Rotundo, Mulligan and Snooker, Orton and Piper, Beefcake and Johnny V, George Wells and S.D. Jones, Mr. Fuji, of course, and Magnificent Morocco who was the second there, who he was managing. And, of course, Iron Sheik Volkoff, the Briscoe Brothers, the Moon Dogs as well. So pretty star-studded match there. Obviously, that would kind of just lead you into Magnificent Morocco and Fuji being together. Obviously, everybody remembers Fuji Vice and a lot of the entertaining sports entertainment-esque stuff that you'd see from them, whether you'd see on Tuesday Night Titans or wherever. But you'd see that other side of Fuji that you wouldn't necessarily think, like, oh, this guy is uh, you know, pretty talented or this guy's pretty funny or there's like another side to Fuji, multidimensional, rather than just being like that, that strict Japanese heel who cheated. He had a little bit of personality, and Morocco kind of brought that out of him, and maybe he brought it out of Morocco as well. So on 8-23-1985, Hulk Hogan and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defeated Mr. Fuji and the Magnificent Morocco at the Joe Louis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Then on 3-28-1986 in a three-on-two handicap match, Hulk Hogan and Ricky Steamboat defeated Johnny V, Mr. Fuji, and the Magnificent Morocco. They'd have that match again on the same day. That was from the Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, PA. On the same day, they would go to Buffalo, New York, and have the same match of Hogan and Steamboat defeating Johnny V, Fuji, and Magnificent Rocco in a three-on-two handicap match. They'd have that match again, 3-30-1986, and this time it's going to be on TV at, on the Prism Network in Philly Spectrum, Philly, PA. Again, Hogan, Steamboat defeated Johnny V, Fuji, Morocco in about 10 minutes. Then that happened. That match happens, but a little bit of a twist to it. 6-18-86, Hogan and Orndorff defeated King Kong Bundy, Magnificent Morocco, and Mr. Fuji from the Oakland Coliseum in Oakland, California. So good stuff there as far as the Hogan-Fuji feud. It just spanned a few years, obviously, when it first gets going in 1984. 
Hogan needed some good, credible opponents to beat and kind of built his legacy and built his title run. Fuji was the guy as we go along. They just need some good house show matches because of house show opponents, whether it's Hogan and Orndorff teaming together or Hogan and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, which is an awesome kind of rare team. They do a great job, and they defeated Morocco Fuji and either Johnny V or Morocco Fuji and King Kong Bundy. Obviously, I think a lot of people remember Hogan and Mr. Mean Gene Oakland defeating Mr. Fuji and George Steele. And, of course, you know, the first match really cementing the Hogan era back on Hogan defeating Fuji and Tiger Chung Lee is, is super memorable. If you're really kind of just a historian and really kind of know or want to know where the Hogan era starts off, doesn't necessarily start off with him beating Iron Sheik at Madison Square Garden. It actually starts with Fuji and Tiger Chung Lee. So, obviously, you know, Fuji would have his WWF career start all the way back in 1969 against Arnold, Arnold Skolan. And by the time the Hogan era is coming and going, he's kind of winding down his wrestling career. I mean, he doesn't really wrestle as much, obviously. You know, he's been wrestling forever, wrestling since the 60s. We're now 20-plus years later, so it, it's not like you know he's he's got this huge run behind him in the Hogan era, but he does have a ton of matches during the Hogan era. It's one of the things where it's not the same Fuji or, you know, not always great matches, but he's still able to wrestle and manage at the same time. He's still able to kind of do both. Really, 84 is kind of like winding it down for him. He does have a bunch of matches, obviously, in 85. He's, um, you know, George Wells, Black Jake Mulligan, Barry Windham. He's got some tag matches with uh, Magnificent Morocco against many different opponents. He's got a ton of matches against Ricky Steamboat, uh, King Tonga and Steamboat against Fuji Morocco happens a bunch. Fuji Morocco teamed a bunch against uh, Tito Santana and Ricky Steamboat, Steamboat and Orndorff. So a lot of Steamboat feud, obviously because of Steamboat Morocco, but you know, you'd have MSG matches like in 86, 316, 86, Steamboat and Fuji go six minutes, but obviously Steamboat gets the victory there. A lot of handicap matches, a lot of tuxedo matches with Hillbilly Jim getting the win over Mr. Fuji in 1986. Doesn't wrestle too much in 87. Um, he does in an 86 continue on a little bit of feud with George the Animal Steel. Like I said, though, 87 doesn't wrestle too much, has some. Bunkhouse Battle Royals uh, has some big-time battle royals, which are all run by Blackjack Mulligan. Um, then there's a couple won by Hillbilly Jim on house shows. Um, he's having some matches with S.D. Jones. They're exchanging victories back and forth on house shows. Fuji would eventually manage uh, Sika for a little bit. So the Hard Foundation defeated Fuji and Sika on the Nessun Network. Axe and Smash. Are, are teaming up with Fuji and they're losing to guys like Duggan and Patera in handicap matches where Fuji's taking the fall. So it's one of those things where he's wrestling a little bit, but I mean, his, his, his main career is pretty much over. I mean, 86 and 87, he does not wrestle much at all. There's some strike force and ultimate warrior matches, defeating warrior, excuse me, defeating Axe smash and Fuji, the British bulldogs and warrior defeated Axe smash and Fuji. And obviously um, as we go into 1989, everybody remembers the turn where Axis Smash are now baby faces defend the world tag team titles, defeating Fuji and the powers of pain at WrestleMania five in about eight minutes. The mega powers exploded there at the Trump Plaza convention center in Atlantic city, New Jersey. Um, so, you know, as he's winding down his career, 
he's still a big part of TV. He's still, he's still obviously managing a lot of guys. He's managing the Powers of Pain still in 1990. He's obviously still managing the Orient Express as we roll into the later part of 1990. He does have some tag matches with Tanaka on some house shows and kind of mixes it in there. There's also a bunch of three-on-two handicap matches, which last a ton of house shows, about two months in a row of house shows against LOD, where LOD is defeating the Orient Express, Kato and Tanaka, and Mr. Fuji all over the United States in two-on-three handicap matches. Um, He's a part of some more two-on-three handicap matches uh, against LOD in 1991 for a few months. He's a part of some battle royals on... Um, MSG on 422 1991 the Rockers and Virgil defeated Fuji in the Orient Express then there's uh, 426 81 in Belfast Ireland Andre the Giant teaming up with the Rockers defeated Orient Express and Mr. Fuji wow that's an interesting one never heard of that one before that is very interesting I don't want to go out of my way and see if that's available Andre the Giant teaming up with the Rockers wow then of course on MSG the Heenan family of Haku and Barbarian defeated Kato and Mr. Fuji in 7 minutes 30 seconds on 7-1-1991 and that's kind of really really winding it down for Fuji as far as his wrestling career his last real wrestling match 7-26-1992 in the WWF the Undertaker defeats Kamala and Mr. Fuji in Orlando, Florida at the Orlando Arena. So Fuji, quite a long career, 30 years in the ring. I know, obviously, we're talking many different uh, incarnations of kind of separating, and he's really a manager at this point, but really almost 30 years of wrestling matches in the WWF, stretching back to the WWF days back in the 1960s. So, of course, Fuji would become the manager of Yokozuna, and Yokozuna would have a ton of matches, not a ton, but a decent fair of matches against Hulk Hogan. Everybody remembers WrestleMania 9 when he helps Mr. Fuji is he. He helps Yokozuna defeat Bret Hart for the world title, and then, boom, turns around and challenges Hulk Hogan, and Hogan defeats Yokozuna with a little mistake there by Fuji throwing the salt in the eyes of Yokozuna. Of course, Mr. Fuji would then in his own way, help Yokozuna defeat Hulk Hogan at King of the Ring 1993. And Hogan's last match is in Europe in August 6th of 1993. And obviously, Fuji's by Yokozuna's side, but the winner there was Hulk Hogan by DQ. And that's Hogan's last match as he exits the Hogan era and exits the WWE. Obviously, Mr. Fuji would be there for a little bit longer, but not too much longer as Fuji's career would definitely uh, be winding down uh, for a bit after that he would um in late 93 be managing crush you know when crush turned on macho man Randy savage and really fuji would then be really accompanying yokozuna for you know major matches with camp Cornette and jim Cornette, um including wrestlemania 11 but at this point yokozuna had fired Cornette. he becomes a fan favorite Mr. Fuji then you know, um, joins with him and starts carrying the American flag and turns babyface. So really kind of a full circle thing for Fuji there. But Fuji would leave the WF short thereafter and retire from professional wrestling. Many would say he was an usher. I don't know if that picture is real or fake or not, but there was a picture of him as an usher uh, enjoying retirement and just working his local movie theater. So just very, very uh, interesting stuff there as far as the career of Fuji. And of course, 19... 19- 
excuse me, 2007, a part of WB's Hall of Fame. He'd be inducted into the Hall of Fame by the magnificent Morocco, his Fuji Vice co-star Morocco. Of course, he was in a wheelchair at that time. He had a lot of uh, knee operations, upwards of nine. So really, really good run there from Fuji. One of the most memorable characters, you know, just for being who he was and being that devious heel. And really, the announcers put him over. It's like, oh, this guy is dangerous. This guy is deadly. He's Mr. Fuji. I mean, everybody loved uh, the the devious one. So let's wrap it up. Let's head towards the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Human Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. And, of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. I'd like to thank everybody out there for listening. See you right back here next week for the Hogan Era Podcast. We'll see you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies brother. Dream, former world champion, Bob Backlund, and of course the big man from California, the incredible Hulk Hogan. How does it feel, Hulk, for you to team up with this brilliant... You know something? First off, Mean Gene, the reception I got the first time back in the WWF, I felt like a babe in New York. I mean, I had goosebumps running up and down my body, and Hulkamania is already running wild. But more than that, I've been training and made personal friends with Bob Backlund, the greatest champion of all times. And let me tell you something, the electricity this man puts off just totally psyched me out, and we as a team or as individuals are ready for any challenge. Well, gentlemen, you're going to have to be ready. Tiger, Chong Lee, Mr. Fuji, I know that one is going to be coming up. Gentlemen to the ring, we're going to be back after this. Stay tuned. It's here. The base is adjusted for the following World Wrestling Federation event. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is Championship Wrestling. My name is Jerry Kill, your ring announcer. On the opening contest, it is a tag team match. Scheduled for one fall with a 15-minute time limit. Introducing in the corner to my left from Osaka, Japan. Weighing in at 260 pounds, here is Mr. Fuji. And his partner from Korea, weighing 280 pounds, here is... Taggart Chung Lee. And in the corner to my right, from Venice Beach, California, weighing 302 pounds, making a return to this arena after a long absence, here is the incredible Hulk Hogan. From Princeton, Minnesota, weighing 233 pounds, here is the former World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion, Bob Backlund. All right, 
what a match, a jam-packed capacity crowd. Tag team dream somewhat with Bob Backlund and Hulk Hogan teaming up Gene Oakland. This is going to be a great one. I don't know if you could put uh, Vince McMahon a, a better dream team together than the combination of Backlund and the incredible Hulk Hogan. Backlund now looks like he's going to start things off for his team. For the opposing team, it'll be Tiger Chung Lee. We're ready for the action to begin. The World Wrestling Federation, Met Spectacular, tonight in Los Angeles, tonight at the Olympic Auditorium. There will be an unbelievable event, prestigious to say the least. It is a battle royal. 20 of the greats in the mat game in the ring at the same time. The one man who is left after everything is said and done will be declared the winner and receive an unbelievable $50,000. Tiger Chung Lee reversing the hold tags out to Mr. Fuji now. Fuji in using the karate technique. Working on that enormous arm of Hulk as he reverses things off. Fuji steps over him and takes him over. Oh, some kind of a move by the big fan out of Venice Beach, California. 302, six foot eight, and what a specimen, what a physical specimen. He is Vince McMahon. Huh. You can say that again. Bob Backlund coming in, working on the arm of Tiger Chung Lee. Backlund tagging out again. Frequent tags in the part of Backlund and Hogan. Oh, look at this teamwork. You've got to be impressed. The short amount of time that these two have been together. I'm talking about Hulk Hogan and Bob Backlund. Truly a dream tag team combination. Chung Lee hammering away on the big Hulkster. Some of those blows. Not Look at this. Look at that. Look at this now. Oh. You can just sense it. From the fans this week here at ringside. Vince. They see something special in this giant of a man. Cover the right trip. For the ride is he ever thrown to the corner. Hogan absolutely manhandling Tiger Chung Lee. Set up on a pickup, atomic drop. Oh. Atomic knee drops the cover. Two and Fuji. He yanks Hogan by the hair to get him off. Bob Backlund stepping in. Take down. Hogan at a two count. Back is made again, yeah. Great teamwork. Surprising, actually, that Backlund and Hogan would function that well together as a team. This is their first time, first occasion teaming up. Absolutely. In light of the fact that these two men have only had an opportunity to put it all together. Seven days, I am really, really impressed. Both uh, Fuji and Chung Lee working on the left arm of Backlund, which has sustained uh, quite a bit of injury as of late, along with the neck area. I'm sure that the past few weeks have been tremendously traumatic for Bob Backlund in light of all that has happened in his professional wrestling career. Back in now, Tiger Chung Lee. And they both continue to work on the damaged arm of Backlund. Well, Any of you, beg your pardon, it's, it's a point of uh, vulnerability, and Lee, of course, totally aware of it. Backlund, obviously, in a great deal of pain. A double sledge to the upper back. 
Oh, my goodness. Fuji and Lee really going to work now. The arm uh, somewhat suspect coming into the match. Tigers made. Here comes Hulk Hogan. Oh, what a kickoff by Backlund. Oh, ah. Fuji off the rope. Oh. Tagging out now, and here comes Tiger Chung Lee. Hogan sets him up. Off the rope. Ooh! Some kind of a clothesline that level Lee. Pick up with a body slam. Hogan Off the rope. Rip, gang. Oh! Rick crushing. One, two, oh. and three. Oh. What about that? Oh, absolutely sensational action. And look at these fans. Are they turned on with this team or what, Vince McMahon? Yes, indeed. Without a doubt, they are really turned on. We'll go now and get the official time. Here is the time. Four minutes and 12 seconds. Here are the winners. Bob Backlund and the incredible Hulk Hogan. Backlund and Hogan victorious. And... Boy, will they ever, in a convincing fashion. Gene, let's take a look at what we saw moments ago. Here you see it. Hogan ripping Mr. Fuji into the ropes. Look at this knee. Spins him right around, caught him on the shoulder, spun him around, and then from there, Tiger Chung Lee coming in for more. Hogan with another whip. Watch this. The clothesline lights out. At 300 pounds, Hulk Hogan really going to work on Tiger Chung Lee. Oh, he'll drop the leg. That's 300 pounds coming down right across. Oh, look at that. Unbelievable. Fantastic action. Hulk Hogan, along with former champion Bob Backlund on the victory. And scheduled up momentarily, we shall have with us the likes of Sergeant Slaughter. And a most interesting interview this week over most of these stations. And waiting in the wings, the Superfly.